Mike Naraki read about Madame Bovary while he was in college. After production on VeggieTales began, he desired a happy adaptation of what he had read. After receiving influence from Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the story began to take shape. On July 21st, 1998, the episode was released. That was Madame Blueberry. And this is Godfellas! Saddle up with Welcome to Godfellas, the small group that meets online. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Mr. Mitch. And tonight we will be talking about uh, Veggie Tales, more specifically, Madam Blueberry. This has been a long expected episode. It's been a topic we've been itching to talk about. But before we can get into that, folks, we have to introduce our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to have with us. He is a actor extraordinaire. He is a wonderful singer. He's a nice guy. He's a cool guy. He's a very handsome guy. So knows ladies and gentlemen, movies. knows his movies, folks. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Mr. Michael Williams. Michael, thank thank you for thank you for doing this with with us. Oh, it is the most distinct niche honor that I have experienced in some time. (laughs) For the seven or eight of you out there listening, it's going to be really fun. (laughs) It's always weird with with these like older shows and me asking people to do them because you know if you know. I feel like with VeggieTales, there's a little bit of like, if you know, you You know, know. Mm -hmm. and if you don't, you're like, why are you making me watch this? But (laughs) we'll talk about that in a second. Um, So, Michael, I know you like a little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is true. This is true. Likewise, we've never met in person. But (laughs) so I'm curious, did you grow up in the church? I did. And I grew up I grew up watching all of the OG Veggie Tales, which is why I'm so excited to be talking about this property today. Um, yeah, I've been in the church since I can remember. I, I, I lovingly refer to my part of Texas as like the buckle of the Bible Belt. So that's, that was my experience. <laughs> Nice. If Texas is the buckle of the Bible Belt, then can Kansas City be like the gut above the buckle? Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely what it feels like. <laughs> we're the excess of the Bible Belt. <laughs> so were you, would you say that you were like heavily involved in church activity as a kid or like just kind of, you know, 50-50? I would say I was pretty involved. We did the, we did the old Awanas from like, I want to say age six to... Well, it must have been 12 or 13, like well into at least the end of middle school, around about that time, if I remember the the age ranges correctly. Maybe closer to. That's like where you memorize scripture stuff. It is. That's what Awana says. It is. And they had their own version of like the Olympics called the Awana Games. which nice. that is the like appropriate response games. and this yes. is a lot of recall so <laughs> if it washes over me like a wave you'll forgive me um <laughs> but yeah did that and uh i was one of the kids who uh when there was like kids choir stuff i always wanted to do it that was kind of like my line into theater or performance mm-hmm. was that kind yeah. of stuff and then mm-hmm. I kind of skipped going to middle school, Sunday school to, to like be in the adult choir and be treated like a man earlier than and like skip out on to be able to leave the service when the sermon starts and come back when it's over. That kind of like very spiritual experience. That yes. is how I kind of came up through the church. You were like shrugging off the other, like, hold on a sec, folks. I'm ready yeah, for the yeah, adult I'm, choir. I'm doing my ministry here. Like, and I gotta, like, my ministry's over. I'll come back when you need me. And when we need some ambiance, lead us back into, into, the, into, into worship. I'm here for that Easter cantata. I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Where we sing My Redeemer Lives. I'm here for it. Yes. Mm. 
<laughs> so so now that you're not in middle school choir anymore, how do you feel about um, kind of the the church and uh, religion now? Oh wow, what a Certainly. big question! Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's it is a big question to start, um, and yeah. arguably the most serious given the subject matter that we're about to talk about. I know. Um, I would say there's definitely been some disillusionment with my uh, home church and mm. the culture around it. Um, so like, uh, I live in a very conservative neck of the, the buckle of the Bible of the, of the, of the, um, and, uh, I don't want to speak for an entire congregation of people, but, um, I feel like, uh, the church started to be viewed as a place, uh, or as a thing that one just does, like, this is something that we do, um, because this is where we live. This is what we do on Sundays. And, uh, and then that seemed to satisfy people um, and going to a liberal arts college for a theatrical degree in the middle of St. Louis, Missouri was a wonderful wake up call for me uh, for the personal sort of like foundation of my faith. So I, I'm the first mm. of like three kids, um, nice. which meant that I got all the rules and I was oh so very yeah. good at following all of them, even when they weren't there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of trying to come back at it now from a standpoint of uh, what am I thinking of? Like personal investment versus like obligation mm. and and, uh, and like duty, um, like the duty yeah. of of like doing all these tenets of if these things we apparently believe. I'm trying to come back to the f uh, my reasons why, like between myself and not in a, like, not in a, not yeah. in a more ethereal between me and God kind of way, but like literally between me and God kind of way, um, right. I have to kind of like find my own stakes within it. So, um, with all the love that I possess towards the church, there's been a fair amount of disillusionment with it sort of by itself as an establishment and everything that can kind of go wrong within it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Have we got a show for you? So, so Michael, Michael and Mitch, Mitchell and Michael, um, <laughs> Veggie Tales growing up, what did what did we think in in our childhood? Um, it was it was the tops for me. Yes, something that I something that I uh, have been thinking about as I've been rewatching the uh, Madame Blueberry a couple of times um, was that like this was the show that my parents laughed at yeah almost more than i did yeah. um yeah. because of the because of the integration of the writing and the the just the camaraderie between phil and mike and the uh what am i thinking of the truly smart things that they did there was mm -hmm. something about it um in there's that part and then there's just like wanting so badly to memorize every single lyric of silly songs with larry mm. um, <laughs> yes uh those kind of two things are what i kind of channel the most when i think about uh when i think about veggie tales for sure i was hardcore vibing to song of the sabu uh today yes. at work getting in the mood for this episode i'm like let's go <laughs> memory lane let's do it and no one knew why I was dancing at my desk, but it, it slaps, y'all. Oh, it still, does. It's it does. so much better than you think it is going to be when you go back and re-listen. You're like, oh my gosh, it's still so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm vibing with that. For me, it was like the best thing we had in Sunday school. Like, it's by far the best thing they're going to show. Mm -hmm. I've joked with Zach before, like, because we've both uh, been Sunday school teachers. Like, there's often, like, stuff like Sunday school teachers will do when, like, I, I stayed up late last night and I'm tired. I'm going to put on, you know, Veggie Tales or McGee and Me or something like that for the Sunday school. Absolutely. If if mm -hmm. they're putting on never, Veggie Tales, never, though, no, never. we've never done that. We, keep, <laughs> we always prepared. No, so, but like, if you put on Veggie Tales, I never felt like I was getting cheated. Whereas, right. like, with some other stuff, I was like, oh, I wish we'd done a craft or something like that. You know, even <laughs> as a kid, I was like, oh. A little bit more work, Mr. Shu, or something like that. Or <laughs> I don't know why I want the glee there, but uh, but yeah, yeah like uh, uh, you get a Veggie Tales episode, you get the song, you get the Bible story, you get it all. Like it's like a review show. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big. I think it's like the Cadillac. A hundred percent. That's a that's a beautiful way to say that. <laughs> so when was the last time you had watched Veggie Tales prior to me asking you about this? <laughs> 
years, years yeah. and years yeah. and years it's ago. Have yeah. to be at least like yeah, at least ten years or so. So, in your memory, <laughs> before rewatching it, like how were you feeling going into rewatching Veggie Tales? Like where where were you at mentally with like your expectations? Well, I was like, you picked, uh, you picked Madame Blueberry. Why didn't? Why aren't we doing Joshua and the Big Wall and the French Peas? Is what I wanted to do because I remembered it. And then we put on Madame Blueberry, and I was sobbing like ten minutes in. I was <laughs> on the floor, like gripping the carpet, <laughs> like heavy chest sobs at that little asparagus or whatever. Say, I thank God for this day, for the sun in the sky. Like how are you so good? <laughs> right, those veggie tales. So mind-boggling. Yeah. 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 Uh, Michael, what about what about you? Um. So I've ha- I've started. Uh, there's a trepidation for me that comes with um, these things that I already have. Like going back to uh, perfect examples. Going back to like the original Star Wars trilogy, or like Ooh. something that like you grew up with as a kid. And you go back to it as an adult and you're kind of on pins and needles about whether it's going to hold up or not based on your experience as a kid. So I kind of went in with a little bit of and similarly to Mitch. I was like, okay, it's Madam Blueberry. Not on my like maybe like my top five of like the picks of VeggieTales that I remember. This might crack the top five. But yeah, it ain't number one, two or three. (laughs) Right. No way. Right. And of course, like everyone has ones that you remember from it. It's certainly memorable, but it was, so the first feeling was like, oh my gosh, yes. I can't believe that I get to go back to this for like a true, like adult conversation with people who are going to not just like laugh at me. Um, (laughs) And then the trick. We're the last people who do that. (laughs) We take it too seriously. (laughs) Yeah. I hold this up next to other pieces of serious art. I really do. Yes. I'm like, it's yes. pretty good. It it's is. Really Got to give it credit. Yeah. Um, it's surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, so I was hoping to find that those nuggets of enjoyment that I found when I watched it as a kid. Um, really good example is like this new reboot of uh, the DuckTales cartoon that I talked about mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's so good. It is. It is <laughs> chef's kiss. It's for kids and I can like, I can experience it in that way, but it's written so intelligently um, that there, there's always something for me to appreciate in it. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my experience after watching it a couple more times. I'm like, this holds up. I don't don't know who Mm -hmm. said it, but it's got that, like, it's got what the Muppet show had. It's got what like the, it's got what, like, uh, what am I thinking of? Like Looney Tunes. It's got that smart across the board, uh, funny um yeah. and like sense of style and and sincerity that things just don't have anymore uh, yeah. like widely across across tell, the yeah i feel like you can tell when like the writers of a kid's show like are intelligent people who are well read and like are bringing in these like illusions that are going over the heads of the kids but like the fact that they're doing like madame bovary you know like that's like on its own like all right we're we're diving into some not kid territory Uh, (laughs) but even like like i feel like when the the scallion dudes show up and they're talking about the stuff mart first of all like that cracks me up stuff stuff mart mart (laughs) (laughs) stuff mart there's so many little illusions though like i'm like i feel like that's like a we represent the lollipop pop guild i feel like they're dressing like the music man a little bit like i yeah. get that vibe a little bit of the straw hats so, yes. the voters. i feel like you got trouble in the treehouse like i was like waiting for it. Mm-hmm. but there's so many little like things they weave in you're like oh yeah y'all are y'all are really doing it there's a oh, lot yeah. there for the adults which is nice oh yeah, I, absolutely. I gotta come clean and say I didn't know this was Bovary. I didn't know anything about the I because there is a butterfly featured throughout the movie. Uh, I could have sworn yeah. it was Madame Butterfly, to which yeah. there is no comparison. <laughs> At least one that can be made without like hours of thought. Um, yeah. um but it was a surprise to me after reading through the through the cold open, going like, oh, I had no earthly idea. Um, like, of course, you wouldn't put it past them, but right, um, right. you learn something every day. Yeah. Well, Zach was well, like, Mitch, what is this basic? Because like, uh, this is like my major. I'm supposed to know this. I was like, I don't know. I don't 
this sounds and then the french peas were like oh we have a little tail that might be familiar and i was like oh this is that thing okay yes, <laughs> sure. yeah. can we do the whole episode in the french peas accent please okay we've I've got up yeah 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 well so one of the one of the things that i i like um kind of to segue a little bit and talk about something else um I really love uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And one of the things I like about Mm. their writing is you can tell like they're trying to make each other laugh and like they're having a blast writing this. And it's the same with VeggieTales. Like you watch it and you could tell these guys are in the booth, like just cracking each other up. Mm. They're writing jokes like to make each other giggle. Like you can tell, you can tell that they're having the time of their life, like executing this show. And I, and I love it. I can feel like their enjoyment as as a viewer i feel and I, i'll also say mitch and i watched this with two people two adults who had never seen it okay and both of them were just like howling with laughter the yes. whole way through yeah, and yeah. i was like that's and i wasn't expecting that honestly i watched it by myself and then i watched it with everybody else and i thought it would get some chuckles but they were they were into it and they were loving it and i was just like I mean, I think that's a testament to again, like we've been saying, how how good the the show is. Mm-hmm. So, do we do we have a? What are some of your favorite parts of of this? And by the way, really quick, why did we do Madam Blueberry? Because it's about being thankful and Thanksgiving Aww. episode, y'all. Oh so, yes, yeah. brilliant. brilliant. That's, that's why. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll jump into favorite things in a moment. But I said to Zach when we were watching it, I feel like I really resonate with a lot of these themes now more as an adult than I would have as a kid. Yes. Like the idea of like comparison between neighbors and like needing to own things to feel validated. I was like, as a kid, that would have been really foreign to me, I feel like. Right. Yeah. Ways. Totally. It hit hard in my late 20s. It hit real hard. I was like, oh, how much do I own for my Kia to look like an adult? <laughs> Which is, is the Madame- saddest thing I've ever said, by the way. That just like <laughs> really placed me for what I think is mature. Um, but yeah, is, it, it hit. It hit hard. I agree. <laughs> is Madam Blueberry Fight Club for children? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's dropping that because I said, what did I say last night? Oh, it's only after we've lost everything. For free <laughs> <laughs> After like the, her treehouse falls apart, and I I oh, yeah. rewatched it a little bit today. I, did you notice that the kitchen sink is the last thing to go? It was yep. a nice little. I was like, oh nice. The They're so yeah. smart, y'all. They're really smart. Mm-hmm. I had to watch it twice to get the jokes. Me too. Me too. Uh, M- M- Michael, what what are some of your favorite uh, parts of? I'm reading your notes here. And, I've yeah. got to go immediately. What comes to the top of my mind is the salesman's rap. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. I can think of, and and to give it its full due, because we talked about that, we've got the moment with, um, the, yeah, the, I'm going to go, yeah, the scallion girl voiced by <laughs> Phil's daughter, um, mm-hmm. sort of following like the Disney trope of going like, we're going to find the cutest kid to sing this um, so that even the most stoic of people will weep over a child being grateful for apple pie. Mm-hmm. Um, and right on, right with that is Junior singing to his dad about <sighs> not about being shortchanged in the mall and Sam's Club, basically. Thank you, Dad, for our day, for our trip to the mall, for the time just with me. Can I tell you, I texted my father a heartfelt message after rewatching that day. I was like, Dad, I just want you to know that I love you this so much. Yeah. My heart. I mean, I will say, so So one of the things that I liked specifically about the moment you're talking about, Michael, is I feel like in another kid's show, when Junior's like, can I please have the, you know, this this train? And his dad's like, oh, it's a little too expensive. And Junior goes back w- uh, with him a little bit like, but dad, I really want it. I feel like any other kid's show, the dad would be like, stop sinning, Junior. You're <laughs> sinning right now. Knock it off. And oh, I like greed, that the huh? dad's just, yeah. yeah, and I like that the dad's just kind of like, no, and you can tell that like Junior is sad that he doesn't get the thing, but I like that it's sometimes you have to choose like mm-hmm. I'm going to let this go. Like especially as a kid like I'm not going to I'm going to look at, you know, what I do have instead rather than I'm not getting this and I was like that's a big that's a big thing for kids and again it doesn't beat you over the head. It's like a nice 
moment that feels real. And it's, I, yeah, I yeah. really like it's expertly communicated too. like the, mm. there. There is no sense of bickering about it. The dad yeah. like understands how much he wants the train. Um, yeah. And it's probably you can kind of see in his face that he's like disappointed that he can't give it to him. Yeah. Right. Um, but like it immediately springs into sort of like dads that normally die in Disney films because they're too pure movie. Right. Um, like, <laughs> um, like teaches him a lesson by like being the best dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when he started to sing. He has one of those pure, like, almost like he's not really a singer. You can tell kind of voices that is so endearing. He's like, this is, yeah, this is him trying his best. And it's very cute. Um, You know what? There's uh, nothing junior when it comes to junior asparagus. Nothing junior about his emotional maturity for a child. Because this (laughs) vegetable, (laughs) when he pauses and thinks like he like takes stock of his emotions. And then Mm. he goes, you know what? A ball would be nice. Like that, yeah. I, that would be nice. Single tear. He can play with it in the park later, yeah. right? I was like, yeah. I want to call my dad and have a catch. <laughs> yeah. George Bailey's um, got nothing on Junior Asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael, I'm really go. glad you're here tonight. I know. I <laughs> Me too, man. It's incredible. I have to go back to the rap though, because the the sound of the rap starting. That lives rent-free in my head 24 hours a day all the time for the last 20 years. It's always there. Yes. All right, here we go. I love... I love them. I love them. They're my yes! favorites. Yeah. Move over, Hamilton, is how I feel about this rap. Like, get out of here, Lin-Manuel. Mm. Scuba, dooba, dooby dooby dooba. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I, I need. And, you know, I went into the episode, speaking of expectations, I went in ready to be... Upset's not the right word, but I was ready to kind of be like, why do these guys always play the bad guys? Mm. And... It's then I'm do, like, though. because they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. They're so, they're so good. And like the voices of, of all the three of them, it's, yeah, it's it's so good. And you well, can tell they're having a blast. We were having a heated discussion last night when watching it on what vegetable they are. <laughs> I was like, are they asparagus? Are they chives? <laughs> Who are these men? Yeah. Um, so I had to Google it today. I was like, what are they? And when I read that they're like scallions, I was like, like rap scallions? Like, are they doing a little play on words? Because they always play hero or not heroes, anti-heroes or villains. So right? I think I know, they know what they're doing. They're like, these are what they do. I they're think the so scallions. too. Mm-hmm. They're too good. And they've got they're... the best hit in, uh, they've got the best hit in, in Daniel's story. Oh, oh no, what are we going to do is incredible. Mm. Let him photo wild and we'll all sit back and watch him meet a hungry crocodile. We could put him on a camel's back and send him off to Ur with a cowboy hat without a brim, a boot without a spur. Oh, we could give him jelly donuts, take him all away, or we could fill his ears with cheese balls and his nostrils with sorbet. We could use him as a footstool or a table to play Scrabble on, then tie him up and beat him up and throw him out of Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, so we talked about the rap scallions. Should we at this time because this is this is kind of where the, the episode break shows up. I know. Is this where we're gonna talk about Mr. Lunt and his cheeseburger? Mmm. Think we got the, it. The cheeseburger that taught me about love <laughs> and understanding. Oh. <laughs> so everything I, just I know wanna, about romance break. from Mr. Lunt. <laughs> I want to I want to break that and it might sound like I'm the adult coming in poking holes in the song. Uh-oh. I'm not. Please. What the song is, it's about a guy who goes to a drive-through. Yes. It's closed. Yes. He stays there all night long. Correct. And then in the morning decides to get breakfast cuz there's a good deal and yeah. feels in his heart like he's cheating on, <laughs> on his cheat. And if you don't know how that feels, you haven't lived yet. All right? Hey, if you amen. <laughs> It is and, true. And that was the thing, realizing I was like, it's this is great. This that is great. song so wraps up the human condition for me. Uh more so <laughs> than any other piece of art. Yeah. <laughs> M- Michael, uh what do, what do you think of the cheeseburger song? 
So when it was first introduced, and this is something that I had like recall on the first time that I like watched it was that um, at the beginning, first of all, I would pay so much money to figure out what song we were going to get before (laughs) we got his cheeseburger, Larry with a raccoon on his head, uh, like uh, like the, the... the, the blinking construction like accident where I was racking my road. brain I was like I don't remember this song what is yeah. it <laughs> caught in a bear trap mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they had gone on a streak I hadn't recalled if I mean Archibald had been in and out going like okay like this is too like man and that yeah. corporate he's always says, trying to cancel yeah. Larry yeah <laughs> right and in kind of a shocking twist they right out said like we're not gonna do these anymore. Right. Like, um, like that's it. And I yeah. think I kind of remember as a kid going, wait, um, what? you will not. I will not be cheated of my silly song. <laughs> um, um, excuse me. You will and not they deny so, me. Right. And they went so far as to continue that bit into this ancillary silly song compilation video called the end of silliness question mark where he's having like like, ptsd in a diner about it yes which is portrayed as like the famous nighthawks diner that everyone puts movie characters in now Uh um the 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 beloved moose lake gets mentioned in that um and it was sort of like, it's like Ryan Gosling in Papyrus, that SNL sketch. It's like, how deep does this go? How like, how much thought did they put? Because this is so small a thing. It doesn't have anything to do with the story whatsoever. Not None of the silly songs do, to be fair. But, um, oh my gosh, like the entire mythos behind it. I remember kind of being off put. Yeah. Um, and only now coming back to it, do I see like the Jersey Boys kind of aspect of the song, a little bit of Grease, uh-huh. and so that like Earth Jersey? Angel yeah. kind of like him, him like sweeping his hair back and then sighing and having it drop back down again, <laughs> um, with all of the specific music video angles that would come with something that like in real life would be that kind of like I don't know, 60s or 70s kitschy. Cause he loves you cheeseburger with all his heart And there ain't nothing gonna tear you to apart And if the world suddenly ran out of cheese He would get down on his hands and knees To say if someone accidentally dropped some cheese in the dirt And he would wash it up for you, wash it up for you Clean that dirty cheese up just for you Like the strain in his voice yeah <laughs> the passion that that took many takes to get that yes. from him yeah. right mm-hmm. there's and a director I, eight feet away who's like more give me mm-hmm. more and i love to think then you have the guys outside of the booth who are just trying to keep it together just <laughs> i'm telling you it teaches me a lot about love <laughs> that's it what does. love means to me is wiping off the cheese from the dirt well well because i remember phil vischer said something about he wanted veggie tales to be mr rogers meets ren and stimpy oh wow. yeah 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 okay. i know like me myself and bob yeah uh, yeah that's well, fantastic well i remember when yeah. big idea was purchased that he had like a meeting with the people who took over and ruined it with the show that they did veggie tales in the house which is like and this isn't me like being precious it's a bad show like it's yeah. not good kids don't like it so but um <laughs> not just basically adults. kids also don't like it yeah basically phil visher like they said what is there a secret formula to veggie tales and he said yes the here's the idea bob every episode is trying to tell a story and Larry does his best to help him. He was like, that is every episode of Veggie Tales ever. That has to be the first thing when you're doing any of these stories. Bob wants to be Mr. Rogers. And Larry, who is Larry, is doing his best to help him. And it doesn't. And so you and you watch it and you see it and you're like, yes, this this makes sense. It starts with Bob doing his hi, kids. I'm Bob the tomato. And then Larry's upset about like, oh, I want more. I want more. I want more. So I thought that that was it was interesting to hear that and then to kind of see it in the in the show. That was a notable exception this time though, because the peas jump in to help me. Yeah, 
which is nice. Yes, I, it, it was is. a nice little change of pace for me. I, I agree. Yeah, it's the peas um, for me, everyone. It's the peas for me. <laughs> what hey, did we now? What did we? How did we feel about the actual stuff mart sequences where Madame Blueberry uh, has the realization and the action sequence that follows? I think it's good that she loses things. Like I like yeah. that there's a consequence. Mm. I think I think that's kind of nice. Um, there's. Also, like this, me being a weird adult that's like wants to hold, look at it more critically than I should, right? Like for kids, I think the lesson it imparts is good. There is a part of me that's like, let's examine her class and her privilege, and she's like, I still have my good <laughs> friends, her servants, uh, and like mm. she's like, and I'm just like all of you now. And I'm like, you're not. You're very wealthy, but whatever, Madam Blue. Yeah, I was like, been. I hope she yes. went and bought some more pie for everyone. I know. Yes. I was like, if you eat that little girl's pie, Madam, so help me, so, leave it alone. Mm. I that love was something that got me on the second watch is that. Everyone, it, it, it remained uneaten during the events that we witnessed in the stuff yes. part. And then they, they, these people were either like, like, I don't know what to compare it to, like gift of the magi levels of generous, but like, sure, all now like eight of us will share this one the slide. people that we didn't meet at the mall um, <laughs> are going to have our daughter's birthday pie. Oh no! I feel bad. Yeah, I'm like these parents are generous to a fault. This is for right? your kid. This is for your yeah. Kid. If I were the dad, I'd be like, "Hey, it's super. It's cool if you guys want to hang out, but uh, it's um, her pie. It's her pie. pie. You are making that own blueberry. That's right. She's getting the pie. Yeah. Make make no mistake, people. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I, I did love in the stuff more, I loved all the Easter eggs. Like when it yes. shows Goliath versus the fib on the poster. I'm like, where yes. is that movie? Where is Double that movie? I need it. I need it. Double <laughs> take. I did. And they called it what they called it. Vegilla. <laughs> it's too good. We don't deserve it. Bonkers. We don't good. deserve it. Yeah. Oh man. What a, what a great show. Now did, were there any legitimate criticisms of the show? I have one that I'll I'll kind of put out there because I'm curious to see how you both feel about it. And it's not even like, sure. I feel like it's a minor thing when they do the memory verse and it's kind of about greed. Yeah. I was like, greed is not what I got from Madam Blueberry. I got that it was more yeah. the spirit of comparison is what her issue was. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be obtuse. Like, I think it's hard to say to children, like, you shouldn't have the spirit of comparison. And I feel like greed is an easier like way. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like that's, I didn't see that in, in this episode. It feels a little evangelical though, doesn't it? It's a little a negative, little right? Where right. you could have just as easily taught a kid. It's good to be thankful for right. what we have rather than, right. you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Don't be greedy. You jerks. Yeah. Yeah, that was I, a thought that I had. There are plenty more verses about gratitude. Right. Um, that easily could have. I mean, they went with the house metaphor because uh, yeah. she lost everything in the house. Um, but uh, yeah, that was one of. I, I think you're completely justified. Okay. Um, because there, there are just are there have to be other verses that sum up like the the gratitude segment as you were talking about. Because yeah, I was thinking about it earlier, and I was like, am I being ridiculous to think this? So, no. Yeah. Well, it like bugs me a little bit in general when like a lot of like youth pastors or Sunday school teachers would be like, "I'm gonna do an obscure verse to like get this idea across." And I'm like, or you could do verses that have been shown to be easy for kids to understand. Like you could do a memory verse. That's why we've you know looked at them. So it yeah like it just isn't memorable. Like when you're bringing up the house thing, Michael, I'm like I literally can't remember what they said the verse was. It was something about greed. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of fell flat. Like sometimes in the show they'll do like a letter from a kid uh, that's like we need mm -hmm. I need help and here's something that some sometimes would be a little bit more memorable to me. Or just I feel like the verses in other episodes are more easy to latch on. So. Right. And I feel like and I think why it frustrated me is because the heart of the episode was so good. Yes. I, like like we've been saying, it was such a good thing to be talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like, uh, 
how do I want to be delicate when I say this, but I feel like in a lot of other Christian kids media, it would be like, Madam Blueberry was depressed and that was a sin. Whereas this doesn't feel that way because she literally <laughs> sings a whole song about my neighbors have, my neighbors have, my neighbors have. Right. So it's not so much like when she's singing I'm so blue, it's less out of a sense of like she is legitimately sad <laughs> rather than right. like it's like she's her sadness is coming from, you know, comparing herself to others and not being like thankful for what she has. So it, it did feel a little frustrating that they had such a strong theme and they were handling it so well to then kind of uh, stumble across the finish line. Well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. Just like when they offered you more Oreos in Sunday school, when I offer you more Madam Blueberry, you will hit me with a yes, please, or no, thank you. So, Mitch, got some Oreos here, maybe a little milk. Would you like some? Yes, please. VeggieTales is the double-stuffed Oreo of Christian content. It's very powerful. It's very good. Um, I mean, so many funny things. Larry, there's so many great jokes. The SUV jokes, the the slapstick humor we referenced. Um, Bob is really great in this. There's a beautiful relationship that starts to form, I think, between Bob and Madame Blueberry. I think the, the utility players, the ensemble players are really great. The French piece, I'm obviously in love with. You can tell that I love them very, very much. Um, but the scallions as well, uh, and then just the emotional support that we get from uh, all those little vignettes with uh, people being thankful. Uh, I think it, it it hits the humor really, really well. It's incredibly funny. Um, those heartfelt moments though are also really affecting. Uh, and I think there's something uh, in a lot of Christian content that feels very didactic to me, very preachy. Um, that's not Veggie Tales. That's what I really like about this. Like it just it just tells a story to the heart, right? Um, so I think I need so much more VeggieTales. I miss OG VeggieTales. It really is the cream of the crop when we're talking about stuff for kids. Uh, load load my plate up with these Oreos. Yes, please. All right. Well, Michael, Mitch has doubled down on the Oreos. Hey. Would you like some? Oh, yeah, I would love some. Absolutely. I feel like this is, this is, this is a kind of... Uh, art that I feel like we only get once every few years. Like something has to come together with the artistic creation, the creativity and everyone at the height of their gifts. Like these two guys got their start in like puppetry uh, in in church work and like just improving off of one another in a way that understands how to get every member of their audience. Like uh, I'm thinking of an excerpt I read about uh, when they released Josh in the big wall and someone had sent them fan mail, it was a, it was a group of college kids who loved the, like the French P like Monty Python esque <laughs> like exchange uh, in the show. And uh, being reminded of how, like just how on the spot, like each of these OG things was and whatever it was trying to say while managing to be funny for kids and adults. And like Mitch said, not being too preachy, yeah. um, you could show, I feel like if I could ask a lot of my non-religious friends about VeggieTales and they would still have to tell me that it was good, regardless mm -hmm. of the religious material, yeah. like they would have to give props to the creation of this beautiful thing. So <laughs> as many as I can, as many as I can stomach without surfeiting, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will round it out and I will say, I'll take all the Oreos. Um, and, and similar to what you were saying, Michael, I feel like, and especially with this show, I feel like this is one of the, the, the pieces of media that I could recommend to someone who isn't a believer and they would still get a, a funny show. They would still have a good time. You know, it's been like Prince of Egypt mm. and, and like this, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? For, yeah. for, for the most part. And for like, the there's, been other, like there's been <laughs> other stuff that walked the line, but like, I love McGee and me. Okay. If you're not a Christian, That's if you're Christians. not a Christian, yes. no way. Yeah. Right. And, Air. you know, I, as well made as a show like The Chosen is, I feel like, you know, if there's some people, once you see that Jesus is there, they're going to be like, oh, not for me. But Veggie mm -hmm. Tales, I feel like, you know, if you like comedy and you like slapstick. And the thing is also, like we were saying, if you don't take away, like, the 
the Christian message, I think you still get something that's good. So I think it's just a very well layered show. That's what I'll say. I think it's it's well layered. It's deeply funny. It's like the full package. It's it's kind of I think everything that a quality show, not just Christian show, it's everything that a quality show for children should be. And now in honor of Thanksgiving, you know, uh, 2020 has been a pretty horrific year. Um, and, and, and here's the thing though. I almost cut this section because I was just like, what, what is there to say? But well, I want to encourage our audience. Well, let's each, we're going to, let's go round Robin one at a time, three things that we are thankful for in the year 2020. So Michael, would you, would you like to get us kicked off? I'm going to yeah. lead with one that you said that I uh, earlier in the session that I agree with and that I have met so many people mm-hmm. through more remote channels yeah. this year than I ever have, particularly in the vein of community that I feel like I need. I think like this is a perfect example of that, like ISP, International Shakespeare Players, plug doing stuff like that. I joined a Dungeons and Dragons group, not but like a month and a half ago, and it has changed my quarantine um, for the better. I'm going to say like surprising amounts of community Mm -hmm. um, that I am much more inspired to fight for now that we have this sort of vacuum that we've had to deal with um, for the past like seven months. I'll jump onto that. I my first one that comes to mind, I think, is just like this year has made me more intentional with um, the importance of relationships and how figuring out what you need, right? Like I need people in my life and I only have so many hours in the day. So I'm going to value and treasure and make time for the relationships um, in my life that are important to me. Um, That's been a beautiful gift, whether that be like with my family members and being more intentional about connecting with them. Um, you know, like Zach, we've connected through the podcast and we're obviously best buddies, but like, I feel like this year, even there's just been like a, I don't know, a greater intentionality from all of us just about being with one another. And and that's been beautiful. That's been a gift. I, I treasure your friendship. I treasure the new relationships I, I have as well, but, um, something about just like taking stock of, you know, the people in your life, uh, it's made me grateful. I'll say for me, it's been just doing learning i think how to do watch parties with friends because it's it's changed the game for me in so many ways like now there's just so much there's so much fun to be had through like just kind of texting people and going hey do you You want to watch like do you want to watch max keeble's big move tonight on google meet (laughs) like let's get some snacks or like hey do you want to do you want to watch like a silly movie and make jokes and like it's honestly i i guess i've always felt like weird because the majority of my life is spent like alone in my apartment watching movies and now it's been like well now i'm not alone and i'm with friends and we can kind of this is something we can enjoy enjoy together and it is something that i want to take out of the pandemic with me you know because there's a lot like oh i never want to do zoom ever again and it's like but this this is something i now that i have this as a tool i want to keep on using it um i'm grateful for the outdoors um, I don't, I'm not going to be able to like with any authority go like, oh, well, this has given us a lot of time to go outside, you know, <laughs> um, I mean, it has, but I think, um, especially in the last week I've caught myself going like, okay, I don't necessarily have anything to do. I know it's going to make me happy to just go outside yeah. and like walk around my neighborhood and, uh, nine times out of 10, I am very much correct. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to not stare at a screen for a second, Um, not even as it relates to Zoom calls, but to just go like, when like, when I am not happy being on my cell phone anymore, or I'm not happy scrolling through movies or watching YouTube anymore, I'm like, great, well, I have to do the opposite. (laughs) It's Um, the only thing that will work now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And it is this cool reviving sort of thing. I'm grateful for that. Um, it's funny that you're like, I can't speak to like the whole, we all have time thing. There was a period though, um, when the quarantine started where I had more time to cook. Um, and I am not someone Zach knows. I'm not someone who like did a lot of cooking in college or anything like that. It's been the last couple of years where I started to find a love for it. I have been grateful this season, this year, you know, it's just given me more opportunities to try things in the kitchen 
to find a little bit of love for for food, to think about um, the ingredients of things that I'm putting into my body. Um, you know, I'm not like super healthy by any means, <laughs> but like it it has been like a joy um, to go from eating like you know hot dogs four nights a week to like <laughs> hey let's make something that's gonna make me feel good. Oh. Uh, so that's been a nice thing this year. I like I like. I that yeah. Um my my thing I'll say uh my family and because I've kind of lived so far away from my family for the past like 7 years mm. where everyone's all in different states and I get to see them like once a year maybe uh it was really nice at the beginning of quarantine my sister was like if you want to come stay with us for a while and get to you know see my nieces who at the time were like 6 months and 4 and to just kind of like be around them and spend more time with them and, you know, have a better relationship with them. And then my parents moved closer from like six hours away to now they live 20 minutes away from my house. So just like just being able to like, you know, go over like and watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune and The Mandalorian with my parents has been like, this is sick. And it's something that I always like, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy having it. And I think if the pandemic weren't going on, I would be, you know, probably too busy to spend time with them doing that. But now it's as simple as I can bring my laptop over and do work and then, you know, we can hang out after that. So that's been that's been cool. So I've gone back and forth on this one, like as the quarantine has kind of gone on. But the thing I was most grateful for um, when this all started was time. I was so grateful to get out of the grind that comes with New York. Um, and, um, I sort of like in a very first child sort of way, it was like, okay, cool. This will give me a lot of time for potential like self growth. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm not practiced at being alone in stillness, mm. being thoughtful and pensive about things that I want to grow in or to dwell on and ruminate things that I care about. Mm. Um, because it's really easy to um, lose sight of those things in a routine. Um, mm. This being said, the opposite <laughs> end of that, um, being in like a vacuum of nothing and me having to formulate my entire schedule can be like a, t- a Herculean task at times <laughs> um, when inspiration is nil. Um, but all in all, um, especially towards the beginning of this year, before the pandemic started, I was really um, starting to get into a habit of being grateful for the time that I had in stillness when I could prioritize it. Mm. Um, and I'm still grateful for it. I, 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 I am out of work. I'm not working right now. Mm. I've been collecting that good, good New York unemployment for seven months now. Um, and I'm grateful from time to time to be like, normally I wouldn't be able to do this. And in Texas, I can walk outside and see trees. That doesn't happen in New York. I see true. And when I do see trees, it's not satisfying. You're like, "Ah, (laughs) you are not, you are not here before this. Um, You're one of those uh, transplant trees. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a 15 minute walk to Fort Tryon. So like, it's not something I can do every day. Um, But yeah, I'm grateful for the, for the opportunity to just be still. Especially now when it counts for something. Um, and I feel like it's something that any, everyone could, could benefit from. That's my last mm. one. Mitchell? Hmm. You know, I said I didn't plan ahead. So I hesitate with this one because um, I before I even say this, like I want to just really um, make space and acknowledge that there's just so many who um, are experiencing really challenging times right now. Um, and I think that... Um, it it's just for me highlighted. Just I feel how I I feel particularly blessed, um, for the opportunity that I I have to to work. Um, you know, I yeah. it's it, it it's something that like before the pandemic, it was not something that I cherished and felt blessed <laughs> by. I was like, this is my nine to five job. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. Everyone has complaints about their job. Um. And now I, I just, I treasure it much, much more. Just the opportunity, one, to um, even just get to be around people, even in a limited capacity. Like, we're all wearing masks and we're distanced and we don't really get to do anything together. 
but just to hear like when you said zach like just to bring your laptop to your parents house i was like yeah sometimes just like to hear another person breathing at this point is like <laughs> oh thank the lord <laughs> right. look i'm not alone all right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah i mean has it been challenging yes is it scary very scary for me i'm gonna be honest it's been it's been a hard season but um i just feel really really blessed to um to get to be working and um yeah so that's my last one it's been comedy because i used to do stand-up and after i started you know working at, at the job i have now you know, me thinking comedically took a backseat and I'd written off like, you know, acting and stuff like that for just a really long time. And again, to plug ISP, Chris asked me about, you know, would you want to read Shakespeare with us every now and then? And it just started where like he was casting me as like these weirdos. And all of a sudden it went from like being a thing I did on Saturday to now where I'm really like, Every time he's like, here's the next show. I'm like, who is the biggest weirdo in this show? And how am I going to play this guy? It's so- a master class every week. It's a master class. I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and you know, that's just been and that's been cool because I, I, I'm reminded of how much I love making people laugh. So, ladies and gentlemen, in conclusion, if you haven't seen Veggie Tales, go watch it, you cowards. I'm kidding. Uh, check out check out Madam Blueberry. Check out all of the old school 90s, early 2000s Veggie Tales. It's very good. It's fun. It's funny. It's good. I recommend it. And I also recommend that you give us a five star rating and review <laughs> on where wherever you're you're listening to this right now. So that we can feel good and thankful because a thankful heart is a happy heart. Michael Williams. <laughs> Michael oh, Williams, my- everyone. Oh, so good to be here. Dreams are coming true, truly. Yes. Michael, do you have anything that you would like to to plug? And can you let people know where they can find out what you're up to? Sure. Best place to do that is on my website, www.michaelevanwilliams.com. You can follow me on Instagram at, at mewilliams227. And if anyone you know needs ukulele lessons, I have just started uh, teaching and building a clientele would support me and many others in this wonderful time. <laughs> ah, all right. I kind of mm-hmm. want to get better at ukulele. <laughs> I got you, man. <laughs> Beautiful. And you know where to find us, the R-E-E-L boys, the real boys on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So that way you can figure out what we're doing. And if you're up for a more in-depth look, you can check out the Real Lounge. That's our private Facebook group. And if you love this show, we would love to have you. But Mm -hmm. until next time, when we'll be talking about Christmas shoes. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. And until next time, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Mr. Mitchell. And I've been Mr. Michael. Well, the adventure is over.